Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science was able to prove anything. Local. It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're experiencing the same persecution. Engaging. Jesus wants to be with us. I always think of that as at the heart of the Eucharist. Live. A mystery then of the rosary allows us to see a teaching of the church, but to be able to go deeper within that teaching. Good morning and welcome to Real Presence Live. Thanks for listening this morning. I'm Father Brian Gross. Uh, I'll be hosting uh, for the next couple of hours. Uh, And so let us begin with uh, prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. And why don't we uh, all pray together, pray whether you're listening uh, in your car at home. We'll pray together uh, a Hail Mary asking for our mother's protection and our guidance during this uh, show. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So Aaron, uh, our producer, uh, good morning. How are you? I'm doing well, Father. How are you? Very good. Very good. So Great. it's been uh, it's been quite a while, a few months, September, October, something like that, since I've been on. So... So uh, I hope I'm not too rusty, uh, but it's good to be uh, it's good to be back on. We have a great show. Um, if you wanted to give a little uh, preview for us for us all. Oh, absolutely. So in this first hour, we're going to be talking with Father James Morgan of the Diocese of Sioux Falls, and he will be talking about the beauty of the church buildings and how they will guide us closer to God. After that, you will be you, Father, will be giving us. Taking some comments and questions during our Straight Talk call-in segment. Then in the second hour, we'll be talking with Mackenzie McCoy and Amanda Eldweek about the beauty of life and what a precious gift it is. And we will be taking a 10-minute tour around the area for local events. And Robert Chariba, after that, will be taking some questions on how they support the quality of life and how they incorporate faith into their organization. And then we'll be wrapping up with Father Tom Grainer of the Diocese of Fargo on how we can equip, how can we be equipped with the tools for evangelization and a summit coming up. All that right here on Real Presence Live. Back to you, Father. Thanks, Aaron. So let's bring uh, Father James Morgan in. Um, he is the rector of the cathedral uh, in Sioux Falls, uh, the Cathedral of St. Joseph, um, recently went uh, through a restoration. Um, and so, Father Morgan, it's good to have you on this uh, this morning. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning, Father Brian. It's uh, a, a real pl- a privilege Pleasure yeah. to be on uh, this morning to talk with you. Yeah, so so beauty, um, beauty. Obviously, we're, we're sort of uh, continue to have very much in our memory the uh, the fire at uh, Notre Dame Cathedral there in Paris, right? And kind of the the shock, obviously, that it is to our Catholic sensibility and really just uh, culture as a whole. Um, as you know, one of the most beautiful buildings in the entire world that that frankly humanity's ever made has this has this tragic fire, and so um, you know beauty really moves it moves the soul it moves the heart, and so if you could sort of speak uh, to us a little bit about um, 
just your own sort of sense of of how does beauty move your own heart and and just why is it so important that we that we take uh time to to really um you know bask in the in the in the goodness of of especially the art that the church the church uh, offers us certainly thank you father um well you know we know that beauty is one of the transcendentals right and mm-hmm. uh, it's an attribute of god so it's one of the things that we'll experience uh, in the beatific visions, just the beauty of God and uh, the beauty of the heavens and the beauty of the uh, of of the kingdom to come, as Jesus talks about, you know, my kingdom is not of this world. So, you know, uh, for us, you know, thousands of years since at the beginning of Christianity, you know, there's always been an attempt to, um, for lack of a better expression, you know, duplicate or copy that beauty uh, here on earth so that we may be able to experience and taste uh, the beauty of heaven, the beauty of the kingdom to co- uh, to come, and um, so we have created uh, uh, you know majestic uh, churches and majestic cathedrals, and uh, because as you said uh, you know correctly, we do need something to lift our spirit, to lift our hearts, and to to, to lift our uh, minds to God, and um, you know we can't do that in a vacuum. Um, we, you know, we're, we're, we're creatures of body and soul, and so we, uh, we need to use our senses, too. And then, you know, as, as you know, and I know, that's the beauty of Catholicism, right? You know, it engages all of our senses. So, um, you know, beauty within, uh, within the Church and, and beauty within uh, Church art and architecture has always been something that is um, uh, ingrained in our tradition, um, but is also, you know, developed uh, over time. And, um, you know, it has become just a discipline, uh, you know, within the Church in order to, to uh, attempt to, you know, find um, uh, uh, the beauty that, uh, um, through, through uh, design and architecture and art, and uh, as it differentiates, you know, you know distinctive styles and distinctive works, and uh, um, in, in order to help us uh, uh, to appreciate um, uh, the importance of beauty within the Church. And, importance of beauty within the kingdom. And so, you know, you can walk into, as you just, uh, you know, express Notre Dame and uh, the, the, the tragic fire that's happened there. And, you know, it's more than a museum, um, uh, more than just a historical uh, uh, monument. Uh, it, it is a place of, of worship. I mean, that's why people go into Notre Dame Cathedral. I would hope that they go in to pray, you know, they enter its confines to pray. Obviously, many a tourist uh, walks in just to see the, the beauty of it, but uh, pilgrims actually use beauty to the um, advantage of their prayer life and, and, and worship. So, And that's what we're called to do as Catholics, is to use beauty um, to the advantage of our prayer life. And, you know, and, and you know this for, for centuries and centuries, you know, people couldn't read or write, and so uh, how did they learn their catechism, how did they learn their Catholic faith? So the beauty and the art, of any church um, on the outside and in the inside. You know, I think a short cathedral in France uh, visited there in the, in the 1990s when I was a, um, a seminarian at the North American College in Rome, and remembering the plethora, the plethora of, uh, of uh, limestone or uh, uh, limestone statues just over the top of the doorways, you know, the archways of, of that Gothic cathedral. And, um, you know, four, five, six deep, and they all told the story. And people, um, you know, Catholics coming, pilgrims coming to, to worship at Chartres 
could stop at the front of the door, and uh, they would know these. They would know these statues. They would know these images, and they know that they would know the story that they're trying to tell. So, um, within that beauty, of course, is uh, is, is, is a, a teaching lesson. It's, uh, it's the, not only it's not you know, beauty doesn't exist just so that we can look at it and appreciate it for our own self satisfaction. You know, it's got to lead us somewhere. It's got to take us somewhere. Um, it's got to tell a story. There's got to be a narrative. Um, that's what helps us to appreciate beauty that much more. Yeah, we're speaking with Father James Morgan. He's the uh, rector of the Cathedral of St. Joseph in Sioux Falls. Um, you know, Father Morgan, people will say things like, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, right? Um, which is kind of true, but also kind of nonsense, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, because you said that, that God, one of the transcendentals is beauty, right? That... Um, and so, and so, what that means is that if beauty is found in God, that also means that there are things um, that that there's an objective uh, reality, uh, and that's why when we see something like a, a beautiful cathedral, you know, Saint Joseph's in Sioux Falls, Chartres, or or um, you know Notre Dame, etc., right? There's an initial movement of the heart that says, "This is amazing. This is beautiful." And it doesn't matter if you believe in God, if you're a Muslim, if you're a Catholic, whatever it is. That there's this um, this movement, right? And so, if you could speak a little bit about, um, maybe give people a, a sense of why would it be important for them to come, especially in our area, right, North Dakota, South Dakota, Minnesota, and beyond uh, our listening area, you know. Um, mm-hmm. We don't typically think of like, hey, I'm going to go on a pilgrimage to Sioux Falls, right? I'm going to go on a pilgrimage to, you know, St. Paul in Minnesota and see their cathedral or, or you know, wherever it is. Um, could you sort of give people a little bit of encouragement? Like, why should they come and say, see St. Joseph's in Sioux yeah. Falls? Like, yeah. what does it do for the heart? Absolutely. You know, I'll, I'll start by saying this. and You know this, and I know this, you know, that the, the Church is a sacrament in and of herself. And mm-hmm. um so we we attempt to uh, uh, reflect that in the churches that we built, the cathedrals, the basilicas that we built. Um, so going a little bit beyond here, you know, elevating our hearts and our minds to God, you know, everyone, everyone from um, rich to poor, from um, uh, uh, urbanite to uh, um, rural person to uh, country person to all the different demographics uh, demographics that we have, just to say, in North Dakota and South Dakota, you know, beauty transcends all of that. And, um, you know, we come, we want to find a place, as I said before, where we can, we, can, we can rest our heart, our soul, our mind, take in, you know, the beauty of, uh, let's just say, the St. Joseph Cathedral, because we want a little bit of peace of heaven on earth, and you know, and we deserve that here, even even in rural America, even in uh, North Dakota and South Dakota, we want to be able to taste, to see, to hear, um, you know, a little bit of uh, of God's kingdom here on earth, and so that's what the beauty of a majestic cathedral or a majestic church does, um, uh, and you know, they're built for our well-being, for our good, and you know, I, uh, you know, we did this restoration for our. Uh, 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 this restoration process, um, 09 through uh, 11, uh, mm-hmm. 2011. I was not here then as rector. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, one of, the, one of the sort of mantras that we heard was, uh, you know, it's a lot of money, and um, couldn't it be better used on the poor? Um, yes, indeed, but do not the poor deserve some beauty uh, to enjoy and to be able to experience themselves? Because, you know, we host, a, we do host, a, we do Christmas at Cathedral, we host at night, and we bring up people from the Bishop Dudley House, we invite uh, some of our immigrant people from 
the cathedral parish here, you know, to attend and uh, to, 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 to listen to the concert, to take in the beauty of, of, uh, of God within the cathedral confines, you know, all the images, all the symbols, again, which, which, which elevate our hearts and minds. And, and it, you, you, I mean, it moves them. I mean, they're, they're absolutely moved by it and very grateful because, uh, you know, it's not just, uh, we don't build these things just as monuments. We build them because we want to experience God within. So, uh, so yes, uh, you know, to answer your question, we need something like that. We need, we need beautiful churches. We need beautiful cathedrals. We need something that's a, just a little bit of heaven, a piece of heaven, a taste of heaven here on earth. Yes. Uh, so when you, uh, Father Morgan, uh, speaking with Father James Morgan, who's the rector of the Cathedral uh, of St. Joseph in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And Father Morgan, when you walk into the Cathedral of St. Joseph, are there anything, is there anything in particular, whether it's an image, a statue, you know, an architectural sort of element that that you've uh, been drawn to recently that, that strikes you, something that maybe you could sort of encourage people to take a look at, um, maybe that is, would be passed over if, uh, if it's not something that they're, you know, they're used to seeing or thinking about? Yes, absolutely. Thank you, Father. There is, uh, there, there's so much. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to kind of pick out one thing, but you know, I, I, I like to, I like to point out the pelicans that are in the top of the columns and people will say, hmm. well, you know, what are those pelicans doing? Why are they up there? And I like to explain to them that, um, you know, the pelican is, uh, it's a symbol of the Eucharist. I said, if you notice that, that if you look at the, uh, the pelican close enough, you can see that the bill is down on the chest. I said that's because, and 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 the the symbol of a pelican, um, in, in our Christian faith is as old as the symbol of the fish, um, the sign of the fish. And said so because Christians believed in the Eucharist, you know, the, the real presence of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist is, you know, eating his body and drinking his blood, and pelicans, and this is uh, this is by nature, I and mean, this is just a. a um, not a made-up story, but it's just the, the nature of a pelican. This is how they behave, and this is how they live. So we use Mother Nature to help us identify, you know, with a heavenly with a heavenly um, um, uh, dynamic uh, by using this image. And I tell you, the pelican bites into their chest, and uh, when a, when a, when they hatch young uh, um, pelicans, the mother goes out to find food. And the male pelican, instinctively, if, 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 the, if the female does not return, begins to chew into his, his chest and so that the young can nibble, nibble off his flesh and blood, and that's how they survive. I think that's where we get that great image. We get an image of how we survive, you know, persevere in the spiritual life and in this life, the physical life, by feeding off the body and blood of Christ. That story amazes especially children. They love that story, you know, mm-hmm. when I come in and tell them that. The other thing that I that, that always catches me when I walk in is that there are torches up in the columns, the Corinthian columns of the cathedral. The cathedral is uh, the design, the architect is Emmanuel Masqueray. He did the cathedral in St. Paul. He did the cathedral in Wichita, and he did several other churches. Mm. Um, Masquerade designed the Cathedral of St. Joseph uh, in a style of what we call French Renaissance, Roman Basilica. And, but he was very, Masquerade was a very smart man, and, um, and he used imagery to his advantage. So if you look into the nativity scene, you'll see a torch, and it looks like all the other torches in the columns, and you think, well, does that represent the Holy Spirit? Well, not really. What it represents is that it's by the nativity scene, 
And if you're a non-Christian coming in, you might say, well, that's a cute baby being born up there, you know, in that scene. But that's not just any baby. That flame is to show the incorruptibility of Christ's divine soul, his divine nature. So I like to point that point point that out to people. Miss that if you if nobody doesn't if it's not pointed out to you, you'll never see it. You'll never catch it. Yeah, it's it's important. You know, it's it's good that you bring up you know those two those two elements. Um, that whenever you walk into uh, a church, a Catholic church, uh, whether it's uh, something as grand as you know Saint Joseph's there in Sioux Falls or, or a simple little country church, there's always every element that is um, present within a Catholic church. There's always a there's always a point to it. It's always uh, to draw us into a deeper reality, a deeper mystery of what God is is trying to do for us. And so, um, you know, it's 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 fun to to see that, especially when you walk into some of these grander cathedrals where you're like, what does that mean? Um, if you pull out your phone and you type in, you know, Pelican, why, Catholic, whatever, you know, you're going to find all of these beautiful theological reasons for all of the things that we do um, architecturally. Father Morgan, we've got uh, just about uh, 30 seconds, uh, 45 seconds left here before break. Anything you want to add? Uh, how about this? Uh, give, give people um, an idea of how it is that they could come and visit uh, the cathedral. What would you do for them if they came and visited? Uh, are there tours available um, if they want to learn more you. about it? Yep. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, you can go online, stjosephcathedral.net. Um, call us. Uh, we do have publicly arranged tours. Uh, we There's self-guided tours so that when you come, there's a brochure in the, in the narthex of the cathedral so you can walk through and look at everything. It points uh, all the details out to you. To help you on your on your tour, and um, but if you call us and let us know, you know we can. You know, we generally do group tours. You know when we when we uh, reserve a, a tour for the cathedral. But we have a website, and uh, you can go on the website and uh, and check us out. And uh, YouTube, there's all kinds of videos on YouTube. We're on Facebook, Instagram. So yeah, we've got all the modern technology at our disposal. <laughs> okay, very good. All right, thanks. Uh, thank you, Father Morgan, Father James Morgan, Rector of the Cathedral of St. Joseph there in Sioux Falls. Uh, we're going to go to break right now, and when we come back, we will uh, have about 10 minutes with me for a straight talk. Uh, and also um, get your questions ready because coming up here, Excuse me, I'll uh, you know, talk a little bit after the break, but we're going to get ready for Straight Talk coming up at about 9.30. So uh, get your questions ready. The phone number is 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122. Um, you can come on live, ask a question. You can go on Facebook uh, also and uh, type in a question that you'd have. Um, so stay tuned, everybody. We'll be right back on Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. There's also that, that bit of humility, too, which is, you know, never be afraid to say, you know, I really don't know. I need to go look that up and, and use and, and use the resources available to you. There's nothing that will probably turn people off more of just not being genuine about where you are. And I think that that's one of the things that, you know, I, I wonder, you know, I'm a cradle Catholic. And I, I often wonder with, with the formation, you know, how many Catholics out there really have a really good, solid formation and really being able to know and embrace yeah. their faith. And that's the thing that I've enjoyed about Catholic Radio, just kind of bringing me back and challenging me to embrace that, as well as Real Presence Radio has been advertising for our Marriage Encounter weekends for free for so long. Beautiful. And that's one of the reasons why 
we are committed to giving back to Real Presence Radio because they've done so much and they continue to do for us without asking for anything in return. And so um, it's a wonderful thing when we give from our, uh, from our sustenance. We, we give because we believe in it and good things will happen and, and God will certainly bless those. Hi, everyone. The Real Presence Radio Spring Life Drive fundraiser is coming up May 8th through the 10th. Please plan to call in and pledge your support of your Catholic radio station. We'll be taking this family reunion all across the listening area throughout the three days from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Central. We're going to have a blast, and we cannot do it without you. Please consider becoming an active member of this family of faith and hope if you're not already. It's the Spring Life Drive on the RPR Network, May 8th through the 10th. Rapid City Catholic Schools welcomes you to the 39th Annual Mayfest Auction and Dinner Saturday, May 4th at the Rushmore Plaza Civic Center's LaCroix Hall starting at 5 p.m. The event's theme is An Evening in Paris, and there will be a live and silent auction with hundreds of great items where all registered bidders will be entered in a drawing for one student to receive one year of free tuition. Event tickets are $65. For more information, contact Liz at 605-348-1477. We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating Mass together, and friendships. Here at Riverview, we have all those things and more. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. With Senior Independent Living Apartments and our Crosshaven neighborhood for those seniors who need a little more assistance, it is the sense of community here that makes Riverview home to all of us. Contact me, Carrie Dew, or Kelly Brecky for a tour at 701-237-4700 or online at homeishere.org. You're listening to the RPR Network. Now, back to more Real Presence Live. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Father Brian Gross. Thank you for listening and for tuning in. I want to give you a number to call if you have any questions that you want to ask. 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122. 0122 is the number for Real Presence Radio. Um, for the next basically 30 minutes or so, um, I'll be taking any questions anybody has about the Catholic faith, uh, about uh, life in general. Um, you know, one of the things that re- that's sort of constantly in the news, right, is uh, the transgender stuff. And so, um, you know, if you're wondering, like, what does the church teach in regards to that? Uh, if you just have any questions basically uh, about the faith, uh, please feel free to, to call in. You can also submit a question via Facebook, our Facebook page. And the number again is 877-795-0122. Um, but here for the next couple minutes, I want to sort of piggyback on the conversation we just had with Father James Morgan, who's the, the rector down there in Sioux Falls um, of the Cathedral of St. Joseph. And uh, one of the things that um, has always struck me about walking into something uh, into a beautiful cathedral, a beautiful church, uh, especially, is that there's a certain sense of an overwhelming sort of nature uh, of the experience. And a story that I always like to share in this regard is my, the number of times that I've had the opportunity to walk into St. Peter's Basilica in Rome. Um, The first few times I walked into St. Peter's Basilica, I was sort of overwhelmed and and almost uh, left a bit sort of saddened almost, if you can even, you know, believe that would be possible. Um, and I was, I would think to myself, like, why, 
why is this the case? Well, I realized that what I was doing is I was walking into this grand place, this this beautiful church, and I was trying to do kind of a very, I think it's sort of a very American thing, which is I got to figure this out and then I have to possess it for myself, right? Like uh, it's very much something that we love to do. We love to see something. We love to figure it out. We love to fix it. We love to explain it. Um, And once we have that, there's like an ownership that we have over it, whether it's, you know, like an engine in a car or or whatever, something like that. Like I can, I can figure that out. I can know the ins and the outs of it. uh, And then I can go about fixing it or improving it and, you know, making it my own, changing it. Well, when it comes to the beauty that God creates and the and the beauty of whether it's nature the the beauty of uh, what humanity is able to create um, in the way of making a beautiful church, we have to just let it be what it is, and it's not possible for my mind for my heart to completely um, grasp it or to embrace it and so what I realized was. I just have to let that beauty be what it is and let it impact me however it is that God is desiring it to impact me. Because something as extraordinary as St. Peter's Basilica, I mean, you could spend an entire year in there and still not see everything um, that is there to see. You would still not be able to experience all of the beauty of the the nooks and the crannies, the ins and the outs of the entire place, because it's such a it's such an extraordinary um, it's such an extraordinary experience of art and beauty. And so, this uh, whether it's your own little parish church, whether you know you're on pilgrimage to you know again let's say Sioux Falls to see Saint Saint Joseph's Cathedral there, um, to have this a sense that I'm not going to be able to to sort of embrace or grasp all of uh all of the um all of the beauty that that is present right there and now what that of course that does is that shows us what it does is it, it's teaching us also what it looks like to pray because when we pray obviously we can't come into prayer and in our one holy hour or you know our our rosary or however it is or during mass you know we have to understand that hey i'm not going to be able to grasp everything at all that god is is trying to give me or wanting to give me um, because he is obviously infinite and beautiful. And so uh, prayer becomes this uh, way where we have to just let God do for us what it is that he wants to do. Uh, and I think there's a, a beautiful, um, it's, it's analogous, right, to, to the way we look at how we would experience beauty. Uh, I remember Bishop Aquila, now Archbishop of Denver at the time, Bishop of Fargo, he told me, he was telling a story one time where he um, was driving, you know, in, in rural North Dakota from, uh, wherever he had done a confirmation, he was driving back to Fargo on a Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, and the sun was beginning to set. And especially in the eastern part of North Dakota, right, it's it's plains and it's flat. And so he, all of a sudden, he, he pulled over and the sun was setting over uh, a wheat field. And he was just overcome with this sense of, this is for you. God saying to him, this beautiful moment is for you. And he said in that moment he he broke down in in a sense of kind of like an emotional experience of like the Lord is doing this all for me, right? Um, And to be able to receive the beauty that God is giving to us, that he's gifting us, right? That that the beauty of nature is not something that is just, um, you know, a a, uh, accident, right? But God creates this and it's intentional 
um, just for us. Again, the number for uh, Straight Talk, if you want to ask me a question about the Catholic faith, about any hot-button issue, uh, about life in general, um, anything, it's 877-795-0122. So, uh, if, again, when we're talking about uh, the reality um, of the Church and one of her great missions is to keep the fact that God is beautiful alive. And uh, Father Morgan, when we were talking with him in the last segment, you know, he mentioned people sometimes say, hey, look, why are we going to spend all of this money on making a church beautiful? Why would we do this? Why is it that we would seek to raise money so that we can you know, put gold on an altar or something like that? And again, the response to that is that... Um, Beauty is something that's for everybody. It's one of the few things in our society that every single person can actually really enjoy, something that everybody can actually experience, um, that it's not just for a select few. Um, And when the heart experiences beauty, it also realizes that it's called to something more. It's it's being called to, uh, to something deeper. And so, uh, again, if you uh, would like to call in for Straight Doc, uh, asking me any questions about the Catholic faith, again, any hot-button issues that might be on your mind and on your heart, whether you completely disagree with something that the Church teaches and you're wondering, like, why does the Church te- teach that, uh, please call in 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122. You can also go uh, to our Facebook page for Real Presence uh, Radio. You can go there and you can uh, you can um, submit a question um, that way. Uh, one of the other things, too, perhaps, that you want to call in and talk about, uh, the blue laws in North Dakota were just repealed. Um, and so we were the last state, actually, in the entire country that had blue laws. Um, so I have a few things to say about that, uh, perhaps. But uh, please, again, call in uh, 877-795-795. Zero one two two. So, um, as I conclude this uh, little banter that I'm uh, doing right now, I just want to encourage everybody again to make it a point, especially during the season of Easter, where we continue to uh, bask in the glory of our Lord's resurrection. Um, you know, spend a moment and you know, spend an afternoon, spend a Saturday or a Sunday, and and go to uh, a beautiful church in your area. You know, make a day of it um, and spend some time uh, experiencing, you know, the beauty that the Lord is able to communicate through, uh, through the great, uh, through the great uh, you know, things that we've built for him, right? That, through that uh, do reflect, um, that do reflect our Lord's beauty. Okay, so this is uh, Straight Talk uh, with me, Father Brian Gross, and uh, we do uh, welcome any questions that you might have about anything, whether you um, are wondering about, uh, you know, how do I become Catholic, right? We just had the the season, we just had the Easter Vigil where uh, many people through our listening area just made the the great decision to to get baptized, to be confirmed, to become Catholic. If you have something that you, you know, you're questioning in regards to your faith, something you disagree with, um, you know, whatever it happens to be, 
please uh, give us a call, 877-795-0122, 877-795-0122. Again, you can also go to our Facebook page uh, for your presence uh, radio and uh, submit a question um, that way. So uh, our first question is from Mike from Dickinson. If uh, Let's go to Mike. He's on the phone. Yes, good morning, Father Brian. Good Thanks morning. for taking my call. You bet. I uh, am enjoying your show immensely. And uh, my question this morning is in regards to the Sacrament of Reconciliation and uh, the, specifically the frequency in which uh, we as uh, uh, Catholics sh- should uh, uh, go to confession. Uh, I know some that uh, say, uh, uh, that mention to me, uh, well, I go every two weeks. And, uh, you you know, the old, uh, the old school says, uh, I don't know if it's old school, uh, but anyway, the old school used to say uh, once a month. Uh, But I'm, I'm getting some really holy people that are saying that uh, I go every two weeks. Now, I know these folks, and uh, they're holier than holy, and so can you explain a little bit uh, or discuss a little bit uh, that dynamic of about, about the Sacrament of Re- Reconciliation, which is truly a gift to all of us? Yeah, good. Thanks, Mike. So um, when it comes to the Sacrament of Reconciliation, going to confession, the first thing we always have to make the dis- we always have to explain is that when a person finds themselves in a state of mortal sin, right? And mortal sin is uh, a sin which uh, is committed um, that breaks a person's relationship with God, right? And so in order to be back in relationship with God in the way of uh, the heart, the soul being uh, prepared for salvation, we have to um, we have to be reconciled to him, right? So that's why we say the sacrament of reconciliation. And so when a person finds themselves having committed a grave sin, they're in mortal sin, they should go to confession as soon as is possible, right? And uh, there's not a priest who does not accept a phone call, an email, a text message, whatever, uh, in regards to, hey, Father, you know, I need to go to confession. Can you do it this afternoon? Can you do it tomorrow morning, right? So, so that's the first thing to understand, that if you find yourself in a state of mortal sin, um, that you need go to confession immediately, and that's the place in which the Lord reconciles you, brings you back into relationship. Now, for a person who's um, just kind of living their life normally, and you know, perhaps you know, you got some sins of impatience, you you know, get angry a little bit. Sometimes you get short with your family, whatever. Right? Those aren't mortal sins, but there's there are definitely things that can weaken your relationship with God and weaken your relationship with others. And so, in that regard. Um, what we want to talk about when we're talking about the sacrament of confession is that a person is recognizing that indeed my relationship has been weakened in uh, by way of my own particular sins with God, and I want to be reconciled to him, and I know the concrete way to experience his grace and his mercy is in the sacrament of confession. Um, and so, I, I, you know, I like the idea of a person saying, you know, I'm going to go once a month. I'm going to take this opportunity to go to confession once a month. I'm going to spend a good amount of time. I'm going to do a holy hour. I'm going to spend 30 minutes in the church before I go to confession. And I'm going to do a real in-depth examination of my conscience, right? Not just a, hey, I think I'm going to go to confession because it's been two weeks, 
But I'm going to go to confession, and I'm going to do it before I go to confession. I'm going to do this thing of really trying to examine before Almighty God where really is my heart and where are the sins that I have committed. Um, it can become, to sort of fall into this sort of mechanical thing where I'm just going because this is what I've kind of always sort of decided to do or, you know, this person has told me I should do that. Um, confession's different than going to the sacrament of uh, than receiving the Eucharist, right? The Lord tells us, receive the Eucharist every Sunday. Receive the Eucharist often, as often as you can. Confession's a different animal because confession uh, is specifically addressing a particular, um, you, we could say like a scar to the soul, right? These sins that we have committed. And so it's important to, to really take a, a good amount of time to examine the conscience and not just kind of fall into a, a rote, sort of experience of it if are you still on the line mike is i mean does that make sense oh oh yes yes i think the key uh father brian that that you mentioned is uh taking the time for an examination of conscience yes uh you know we as humans are are sinners and uh we need that examination of conscience um you know what really is are the issues maybe small very small that are separating me from god and, uh, you know, you have to simply <laughs> take the time, and again, that's key, take the time to examine uh, your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and if you've, uh, you know, gone to confession and recently, you know, what is it that's happening in my life that is separating me from God? And, you know, that uh, oftentimes I think we make that harder than it really is, do you think, Father Brian? Yes. Yeah, it, it, the the thing to understand is that the Lord is always good and merciful, right? And so when we present to Him the things that we have committed in the way of sin, um, He doesn't send us away unhappy or guilty. Um, he forgives that stuff right immediately. And so uh, that's that's the thing to to recognize. Whether you find yourself you know far away from God and it's been a long time since you've been in confession, or you know you're a person that really feels as though the Lord's inviting you to come, you know, once every couple of weeks and something like that. That we're doing it out of an understanding that hey, the Lord's inviting me into a deeper experience of his joy. Jesus never gets us to uh, a deeper relationship with him by making us feel terrible about ourselves, right? Um, he, mm-hmm. right. He, want, he wants us to experience the fact that he gives us his peace, right? This, the gospel just from this past weekend for Divine Mercy Sunday, Jesus steps into the midst of the apostles who've betrayed him in significant ways, and the first thing he says to them is, peace be with you, right? So it's from this, from it's, it's always first from this place of, hey, I'm at peace in the sense that I know what my sins are, and now I need to go to the Lord who wants to forgive me. Not, oh, Jesus is really mad with me, and he's going to beat me up, and, um, you know, and I'm fully aware of all of my sins, and, you know, he just wants me to present them to him so that he can get mad, and, you know, yes, Jesus, I'm such a terrible person, and so, no, it's never that. It's, hey, I'm bringing you to a place of peace so that you know that if you give me your sins, if you come to confession, you're going to experience the joy that, that is, uh, that's salvific, mm-hmm. right, that, that brings me into a deeper relationship, so. Mm-hmm. Okay, thanks, Mike. Yes, thanks. But- Yes, uh, thank you very much, Father Brian. Uh, all the best to you, and have a good uh, week at your conference this week. Thank you. Thanks, Mike. God bless. So we've got another question here. Um, uh, before I go to that, let's uh, give the number out, 877 
7950122. Uh, this is Straight Talk with uh, me, Father Brian Gross. Um, so 877-795-0122. Feel free to call in if you have any questions, uh, controversial or not, um, and we can, uh, hopefully I can, I'll do my best to, uh, to answer them. So we have Alice uh, on the phone. Alice, go ahead. Oh, hi. Um, now, I understand, like, the week after Easter is um, liturgically just like Easter. So, yes. like, on a Friday, you wouldn't fast or anything. But um, now there's 50 days of the Easter season, right? So mm-hmm. <laughs> um, would a person go back to, like, well, fasting or abstinence, I guess, for meat or sacrifice or whatever on a Friday or... Sure. You know, do you do Stations of the Cross during the Easter season or not? <laughs> yeah, very good question. Thank you. Thanks, Alice. So, yes, the mm-hmm. Octave of Easter from the Easter Vigil on, uh, you know, Saturday night of Easter through this past weekend of Divine Mercy Sunday. That was eight days. The Church uh, does this beautiful thing where she says that, in fact, those eight days are one day, right? We're, we're essentially celebrating uh, the the day of Easter continuously for those eight days but right then but then we continue on for about 40 uh, 40 or so more days as we look forward to pentecost we continue to celebrate um the season of easter right and so this is a, a good question it's like hey you know for lent i i did these things i gave up this stuff i i you know in the way of fasting and absence i i did these different things now do i just indulge again during easter right and and what actually we need to understand is that lent and easter are so intimately connected because the season of Lent is our um, is the time when we prepare for the Lord to come uh, by way of the Holy Spirit for the purpose of uh, bringing us into uh, the most perfect of relationships with Himself, and so we rejoice as we move into the season of Easter coming out of Lent because what has happened is our Lenten penances have allowed us to have a deeper relationship with Jesus. And so, for example, um, let's say if you gave up uh, the Internet for Lent, okay? You gave up the Internet for Lent, and now we're moving into the season of Easter. What should have happened for you, there should be a little sense where you're like, hey, you know what, I gave up the Internet, and because of that I was able to pray more, I was able to read Scripture more, whatever, and that actually gave me life. And so although I might go back to using the internet, I also am able to recognize, hey, I'm not going to use it as much as I did. Or, um, you know, I didn't check the news on the internet during Lent, and therefore uh, I'm not as sort of agitated. Or I don't get as angry about what's happening um, in, you know, in the news and stuff like that. Um, And so I think I'm going to stay away from going on the internet for the purpose of looking at the news or something because now the Lord has established this deeper and this new relationship with me. And in fact, what initially at the beginning of Lent was something that was difficult, giving up internet, for example, now I find it is something that is easy. And in fact, um, Jesus risen from the dead has communicated his life to me because I was able to say no to this other thing that was in a way pulling me away from him or you know, or distracting me. Now, when it comes to things like uh, our Friday obligation to to fast um, and to do a particular penance in, in whatever particular way we think we're called to, right? Traditionally, it was you don't eat meat. 
Um, but the church uh, does not require us outside of the season of uh, Lent um, to not eat meat on Friday, but we're supposed to pick uh, a particular penance. And so, yes, during the Easter season, um, we do continue that that practice um, on Fridays during Easter because as we're journeying through this life ultimately to uh, that final moment when we see the Lord face to face and receive our particular judgment, um, even though we're still, even though we're right in the middle of the Easter season, uh, now we still are always aware uh, of the crosses that um, are very much uh, present within my life, within uh, the lives of our friends and our families and, you know, throughout the world, right? We uh, right on our hearts and our minds are, are the people of Sri Lanka, right? The Christians there and, and the others who, you know, experience the um, terrorist attacks right there in the middle of um, the Easter season. And so we're able, uh, even as we celebrate Easter, to still do particular penances um, because the fact of the matter is, is that while we are still here on this earth, we're still going to be experiencing um, the crosses that just come from, from our daily life. So thanks, Alice, for that question. We have... Uh, Thank you. Yes. Uh, another question. Um, it looks like via Facebook, but before I go to that, our phone number is 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122. Please uh, feel free to call in uh, with any question that you might have in regards to the faith, uh, life, anything like that. Uh, question via Facebook. In the Gospel a couple of days ago... Why did Peter say he was going fishing? What is the significance? When he sees the Lord on the shore and jumps out of the boat um, to meet him. So, yeah, just kind of my own exegesis on that. Um, it's interesting what the human heart does, even knowing with great faith the reality of Jesus risen from the dead. And so Peter has heard, hey, indeed, Jesus is alive. He's risen from the dead. Um, and yet, without that immediate closeness, Jesus is right here with me. Peter and the other apostles begin to stray a little bit. And what do they do? They go back to what was before Jesus was around. Um, so we all know that Peter and, and many of the other apostles, they were fishermen. And so Jesus has been gone for a few days, right? He's died, uh, he's risen from the dead, but Peter has not seen him yet. And so, and so what do they do in this moment of distance between Jesus has died and I haven't experienced him coming to me yet? They just go back to what they had before. And I think it's instructive for us uh, because um, when Jesus is inviting us to wait for him, when Jesus is w uh, inviting us to, to sit say, whether it's in Mass or sit in our own moments of prayer, praying our rosary before the Blessed Sacrament in the Eucharistic Adoration, are we willing to sit in patience and wait for him to come to us? Uh, the saints will say, uh, very often they'll say things, as, uh, say things like this, our Lord's absence is for the purpose of allowing our desire to grow for him. And so it, it's, it's too often happens, certainly it happens for me, where if I don't experience the Lord immediately answering my, uh, my prayer, if I don't experience immediately his presence when I'm praying, um, the temptation is to get up and go somewhere else. Get up and go do something else. In Peter's uh, particular experience, right? Hey, uh, Jesus isn't around. Let's go back to what we were doing before he came. Let's try to find our fulfillment in this other place. 
Now, we also have to remember that this is before Pentecost. So Peter and the other apostles have not yet experienced um, the presence of the Holy Spirit. Remember that the Holy Spirit's primary mission is to make Jesus present uh, in the world. And that happens through uh, our own transformation as we receive especially the gifts um, that the Holy Spirit gives to us. And so Peter is taking, he's, he's going fishing because he's like, well, I don't know what else to do. Jesus isn't around anymore. I'll just go back to what was going on before uh, he was here. But the moment that he sees Jesus on the shore, right, he recognizes the distance between this desire that he has uh, trying to, you know, th- this this action that he's doing, right? I'm I'm going back to what I what I was doing before, and for so so many of us, right, it's I'm going to go back to the sins that I thought were able to give me some sort of enjoyment before I had this initial experience of Jesus. And so the moment Peter sees Jesus, he comes running to Jesus. Now I'll say two things in conclusion here. The first is this, to notice that Peter does not experience, I betrayed Jesus. Remember, he denied him three times. Peter comes running to the shore because he knows I need to get to Jesus because I know that he needs to forgive me for my betrayal. And so there's no distance from between experiencing Jesus' presence and Peter running to him. And we do this where we know of our sins, we know of the sins that we've committed, and we sit and we sort of wallow in the shame. We don't respond to the guilt and come running to Jesus where he ultimately can heal and forgive. Uh, We remember, too, that that guilt is a great gift from God because guilt is like that pain in the body that says, go see the doctor. Uh, If I break my leg, right, my leg is obviously going to be in pain. And what's the first thing I'm going to do? I'm going to go to the emergency room so that that leg can be fixed. We should have the same thing happen to us when we experience our own sin right? Uh, the pain of our sin, especially obviously if it's a grave sin or a mortal sin, that we experience the pain of that sin and we immediately run to the divine physician. We immediately run uh, to confession so that the Lord can can forgive us. And so this this desire that is present within Peter, although he's trying to kind of, you know, make it happen for himself by going out and fishing, he sees Jesus and he comes running to him um, and he's not afraid of, of, drawing, of drawing closer to him. So we have another a question. In the gospel as well, Jesus asks Peter three times, do you love me? What is the significance of this question uh, of three times, do you love me? Uh, before I get to that, uh, our phone number is 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122. Feel free to call in and ask uh, any questions that you would have about the Catholic faith, about life in general. Also go to our Facebook page for Real Presence Live. So why does Jesus ask Peter three times, um, do you love me? A very simple interpretation uh, of that is Peter denied Jesus three times. And so in order to restore what was broken through that denial um, over a period of uh, three, um, so, so Jesus asks Peter successively three times, do you love me? So that Peter, in a sense, can make reparation. He can restore what was broken through his denial. 
uh, of Jesus uh, three particular times. Now we remember that when Peter, Jesus asks Peter three times, do you love me? And then what Jesus says, uh, and then Peter of course responds, yes, Lord, I do love you. Of course you know that I love you, right? Um, and so that's, again, very instructive for us because the uh, movement of our hearts we, we, we can have this division in the heart, right? Uh, Jesus will you, Jesus uses the language hypocrite um, that we're, we're play-acting sometimes where we can be sort of saying we love Jesus, but then over here we're, we're committing this sin or that sin. But what really is the fact is that there there's can be this division um, in our hearts where we find ourselves at the one time saying, yes, Jesus, I love you, but then another time uh, we're making these choices to, to commit particular sins. And so as Jesus is asking uh, Peter, do you love me? He's restoring what was broken and he's bringing back into relationship uh, Peter with himself, this relationship um, that had been uh, broken. And so, um, and that's, and that's, it's, and then, of course, what happens immediately after this is recognize, and it's the same thing that happened in the gospel for this past weekend for Divine Mercy Sunday, where Jesus steps into their midst. He says, peace be with you. And then immediately after they receive this peace, they're filled with joy. And then Peter says, receive the Holy Spirit, whose sins you forgive are forgiven them, um, you, whose sins you retain are retained. Right? This, the origin of, of confession uh, present right there in, in the gospel. And so what happens right after... Jesus says to Peter, do you, um, do you love me, Peter? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And then Jesus says to him three times, essentially he says, feed my sheep. And so what's happening as Jesus is forgiving us of our sins, as he's reconciling us to himself, as he's bringing us back into relationship, immediately following the restoration of relationship, immediately following that, you find that Jesus sends you on mission. There's no distance between the Lord offering you his mercy and then sending you out to do the same thing that he's just done for you. Uh, and that's very important to understand. Um, sometimes what will happen, people will come to confession, they'll have a, uh, a beautiful, wonderful confession, and then they don't spend time afterwards seeking to grow back into relationship with him. Right, And so to understand that after we receive this response from the Lord, yes, I love you, I'm back in relationship with you, I reconcile you, I forgive you, that we need to allow Jesus then to sink deeper into our souls, sink deeper into our spirit, um, renew our mind and send us forward. That don't wallow in what you had just been forgiven for, but understand that Jesus does this over and over again in the gospel. That the moment we experience his mercy, he then turns and says, now go out and do this thing that I've made you to do. Right In the case of the apostles, of course, uh, go and hear confessions. Do for other people what I have just done um, for you. And so this, the, the, the immediacy um, that happens in this particular gospel where Jesus says, do you love me three times? Yes, Lord, I, you know that I love you. Jesus says, go feed my sheep. Right, And so this this immediate um, sending um, that happens. So we've got about five minutes uh, here before we're going to head to break. But before we do that, um, if anybody wants to get in quick with a question, 877-795-0122. 877-795-0122. Also, you can go to our Facebook page. Uh, we have another question here. This weekend, 
I attended a charismatic conference. The readings from this weekend came alive because I witnessed what the apostles were experiencing at the retreat. How can we get more involved in this movement so that we can access these gifts? So, um, when we talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit, uh, we, of course, you know, it's the joke sometimes within, certainly within Catholic circles, is that the Holy Spirit is the forgotten person of the Trinity. Um, And one of the beautiful, most beautiful definitions that I've ever heard in regards to who is the Holy Spirit. Uh, and of course, we can't ever fully explain God because he's infinite, but um, that the Holy, I think it's Bishop Robert Barron who, who uses this uh, little definition. And it's a beautiful way of kind of getting to the heart of the matter that the relationship that the Father and the Son have, and they've had this relationship for all eternity, the Father loves the Son, the Son loves the Father, the love that they share is the Holy Spirit. And love is animating. Love moves a person, right? When a person loves, a person doesn't, you know, kick back in the recliner and just sort of, you know, do nothing, right? Love animates. When a husband and a wife love each other, when mom and dad love kids, there is an activity that is happening. I want to provide for my kids. I want to sacrifice for my wife. I want to sacrifice for my husband. Um, We want to do what is good for the church because we love the church, because we love Jesus. And so there's always a great activity um, that is present whenever the Holy Spirit is present. And so what do, what is it that the Holy Spirit does for us so that we can be active? He gives us the gifts of, um, he gives us his gifts, right? And so in the person of Christ is contained all that every single human person needs. Because in the person of Christ, we find the very love of the Father manifested in the world, Right? Jesus says, I only do what it is that the Father is doing. And so what happens when Jesus is baptized in the Jordan River three years before ultimately he is crucified and he dies? He's baptized. The Holy Spirit is sent from the Father. The Holy Spirit descends upon Jesus as a dove. And we hear the Father speak, This is my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. And so in the person of Jesus Christ, we have all that we need for the purpose of carrying out the mission that Jesus has given to us. And the only way that Jesus can be present in our life is if we are continually asking the Holy Spirit to come. Um, One of the the great ways that you can recognize whether or not your life with God is alive and active is you need to ask yourself, where are my desires? Do I desire God? Is my desire for God the deepest desire of my life? Where are the desires in my life that want to pull me away from him? And so we ask ourselves, where are these desires? And what we should be desiring at the heart of it is more from God. God is not uh, the Scrooge at Christmas who kind of wanders around with a, you know, a scowl on his face and sort of just sort of distributes in pennies his gifts to us. He wants us to experience and desire more of who he is. And so when you talk about going on a charismatic conference, you experience this new presence and this new awareness of the Holy Spirit. You have this sense of what happens to the apostles in the upper room when all of a sudden they see Jesus, 
right? You want to be asking the Holy Spirit to come with more of what he wants to give to you. And then the final thing I'll do, uh, the final thing I'll recommend here before we head to, uh, to our break is this. Don't be afraid to get friends together, other good Catholics that you know together. Don't be afraid to get together and pray together, uh, to pray with each other, and to ask for an increase in these gifts. Because um, the Lord wants to give this, uh, to, to give his gifts, to give his love. He's generous um, and, he's, and he's liberal in that way. So um, thanks to everybody for uh, the questions that you were that you submitted. We're going to head to break here. Um, and when we do come back, we're going to have um, Mackenzie McCoy and Amanda Eldweek on. We're going to be talking uh, about uh, the pro-life movement. Stay tuned on Real Presence Live. <laughs> 